Hello, loyal listeners of the Hostile Environment Podcast, and welcome to this very special 25th episode where I thought maybe the best way to celebrate was to tell you guys a horribly and very, very possibly quite traumatic story of myself to you guys. So think of it as my way of saying thank you to all of you amazing subscribers. Well, actually, to tell the truth, I was kind of forced to tell the story because it overwhelmingly won the poll uh, that I put out on social media with a whopping 70% of the votes. So um, I hope you guys all had a fantastic weekend. I'm in the midst of building a barbecue as I am dropping this episode right now. It is Monday and it is exactly 2.09 p.m. So I'm in the midst of building my barbecue. So hopefully I'll have that done by the end of the day. So this isn't going to be a crazy long show, but it's going to be a quality show because this is a holiday. I do have family to spend time with, and I am building a barbecue. So I got shit to do, including taking my wieners to the dog park. So uh, unfortunately, I had to work both Saturday and Sunday, but somehow I managed to get drunk twice. So you guys can do the math. Uh, Pretty good weekend all around. Amazing weather. Uh, So before we get started, let's check a few boxes as far as catching up on podcast-related matters, because we do have those. Um, After listening to the last episode, I told you guys I would keep a running total of how many F-bombs I would drop, and the total for that episode was 11. I dropped the F-word 11 times in 40 minutes. So that works out to roughly, what, like uh, three times every 10 minutes. So that's the bar that I've set. And it's my goal to bring that number down by at least half today. So far, so good, because I've really already been trying. I'm positive I haven't even said it once. So obviously, I can can be taught new things. So this old dog can be taught new tricks. So um, that's good. Um, I'm happy with that. Uh, Now on to a couple of other things. Let's start off with some awesome news that I posted this morning on social media. That human shit sack, the walking herpy himself, Chris Skye had to turn himself into police after the police went to an address to arrest him in the York region on Thursday. At some point, the human shit-stained Skye, um, he entered a vehicle in an attempt to drive away from the cops, and he ended up driving the vehicle directly at the police, forcing them to jump out of the way, or they would have been subsequently, you know, knocked over. So, because of that, he escaped arrest. But, uh, oh, sorry, no. So this was on the Wednesday Wednesday afternoon. On the Thursday afternoon, um, he had to go to police. He went to 53 Division, where he was criminally charged with three, count them, three counts of uh, uttering threats, assaulting a police officer with a weapon, the weapon obviously being the car, um, and dangerous operation of a motor vehicle. He appeared uh, at College Park Court on Monday, May 20th, which I believe was the Friday, And I am very seriously considering showing up for his next court date. I think I'm going to. I think that's going to be my first uh, podcast road trip. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Um, Because I don't even know if he'll show up for his next court date. Um, Funny, because the last time I was even in a courtroom, um, I used to have this friend named Wody. Derek and I uh, went to his court date where I don't remember what he was charged with. But he had to go up in front of a judge. And uh, Derek and I showed up to surprise him. And I had made a giant sign that said uh, guilty 316 
And when I held it up in the courtroom as as Wody was talking, the judge kicked me out of the courtroom. So that was the last time I was even in, in a courthouse, let alone courtroom. Um, so Chris Guy was also arrested last month by Thunder Bay police at a rally he held um, for some anti-mask, anti-COVID, anti-lockdown movement bullshit. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of shit on his plate. So good for him. Good for fucking human garbage. And um, I, by the way, I think his uber rich daddy has actually had enough of his goofy deadbeat son too because he wouldn't even bail him out. Um, but somebody did bail him out. And that's somebody, and I didn't catch his name. Uh, I saw his videos. I didn't get his name. But he's some insane Indian dude who is just as crazy, if not more insane, than Sky himself. Like, his videos are ridiculously off the wall. He's, he's insane, this kid. Um, actually, I say kid, but he's a grown man. He's just a jerk-off. Uh, like I said, I watched some of his... Uh, he made some... This, this mental patient, he made uh, videos in his car in the driver's seat. He had some guy in shotgun. He wasn't driving, but anyways, he, he, this, he has some very expensive mommy issues that he needs to deal with. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, one of uh, Chris Guy's bail conditions was uh, not to leave Ontario. But as soon as he was bailed out, he was already on his way out of the province. Uh, he also made a video saying that the province was framing him and that Doug Ford stole his computer and set this whole thing up. Uh, so the province is setting him up. And then he put out a, uh, a post on, I believe it was Instagram, asking for a ride to British Columbia for his next rally. And the end of the message uh, had the phrase, preferably a female driver and age doesn't matter so i'm guessing it's pretty safe to say that jerk off chris sky will soon become a registered sex offender in the very near future uh i just hope he doesn't fucking hurt anybody oh there's my f first f bomb ah, it slipped out all right that's one all right switching gears let's talk about the power of social media and the reach it actually has why am i saying this you may ask yourself because everyone else knows except for me because I'm a fucking... Oh, no, that's, that wasn't that didn't count. I was only half of one. Um, I was going to say I'm a dinosaur. But uh, the funny thing is I have been contacted by a loyal listener who has found Noof. Not only was Noof found on Facebook, but I was sent a picture of him. And while I got to admit I didn't recognize him at first, um, you know, it's obviously been over 20 years. I got to say he looks good. He looks healthy. Um, he still looks gigantic and strong, um, still doesn't look all that intelligent, but, uh, he does live in Brampton and he's a forklift operator. So that's almost like a tow truck driver, right? I mean, he's close. I wonder if he has a forklift jacket that I can torch to add a forklift patch to my Noof collection. Chances are, I don't think he would answer my friend request on Facebook and I'm almost embarrassed to even ask. So, uh, that's, that's, uh. Uh, that's the new thing. Um, so here's a seamless transition to my social media plugs. This is where you guys can send the pics of anybody I haven't seen in 25 years and talk about on the podcast, like maybe the windshield suplex ex-girlfriend, if you can find her, or maybe if you guys want to try and find Neil and Lisa, uh, I'm game for anything. But to do that, you need to know the links to me, and here they are. Facebook is jcowell, IG is host.enviro.pod. On Twitter, I'm at podcast underscore hostile. And at TikTok, I am the hostile environment pod. And of course, the magic email address, which is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. So before we move on, um, let's get a curse word counter. 
we are officially, what are we at? We are at eight minutes in and I have dropped one and a half F-bombs. So I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. I'm at one and a half F-bombs at eight minutes in. One and a half. So far, so good. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, and now for the story that's um, unfortunately, you know, embedded into my memories and, uh, you know, my life forever. It is what it is. This is what you guys voted on and apparently what you wanted to hear. So let's go. Oh, let's hear the story of Jay Tears His Sack. All right. Um, to do this, we've got to go back in time. We've got to go back to a time when we were... I would say all a little more innocent. Um, let's get into our time machine, shall we? And travel back to when I was in grade eight. Yes, that is the days of junior high. Junior high, you know, dances where the women would or the girls would stay on one side and the boys would stay on the other, and you you know act like you were super cool. Um, you know, silk shirts, Belle Biv DeVoe, all that great stuff. Um, this story, thankfully took place on the second last day of school because after this incident, I'm not even sure how I would have survived the rest of the school year if it had gone any longer. Um, a bunch of us had gotten together before school like we usually did. We all congregated before school just like everyone else did. And we decided it was a beautiful day in June and we were going to get together at lunch and we were going to go what's called pool hopping. Um, we knew a house that was like five minutes away from the school where we occasionally hopped a fence, jumped into this guy's pool, and then uh, take off back to school after we were done swimming. Anyways, we had done this on and off for over a year, and it was funny because whoever lived in the home, our house or whatever, um, as far as we knew, never knew they had a bunch of kids jumping in the pool on a regular basis at lunchtime. So this was a pretty large group of us at this point um, because we were, you know, it, it was well over 12, maybe even 14, but we were all celebrating, you know, the end of junior high. We were graduating, you know, we're all moving on to high school and unfortunately, you know, the chances are that some of us would never see each other again, whether it be, you know, you're moving provinces or cities or just schools altogether, but we would never all be together ever again. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, so, you know, we were loose, we were kind of hyped up, we were, you know, we were jacked up and, you know, we're ready to jump in this guy's pool. So we all get to the, uh, the five foot fence that we all, you know, usually did. We all hop it, no problem. Um, we jump onto the pool deck and, you know, we obvi obviously start stripping down our underwear, right? Um, so we, you know, we all grab hands and we all hop in at one time. So it's kind of like a pool party. You know, we're all celebrating. We're like crazy people. And, you know, we're making a shit ton of noise and just laughing and enjoying the, the pool. And, you know, so we all jump in. But as soon as a lot of, every, sorry, as soon as we all jumped in, most of the group jumps right back out. You know, they swam around for like 30 seconds and then they hopped out. They got dressed and they took off. So, you know, they had the guts to at least jump in, but they didn't want to press their luck. I get it. It is what it is. Um, but a small group of us stayed to enjoy the water because, you know, you, know, you call it stupid or call it ballsy or both, whatever we were. But so we, st we stayed in. So now usually there was this one kid um, who would come to the pool with us, but he never swam. His name was Stanley. Um, and uh, he was a fat, dirty, useless piece of shit who had like giant buck teeth. And the guy never showered, but he always hung out with us. And he was kind of like our bitch. So... 
he was he was a good kid. He was just you know he was what he was. Um, so Stanley would always be in charge of, of most of our clothes, right? So like if you were inside, you'd be like getting out. Stan, toss me my shirt. Stanley, toss me my socks. Whatever, and that's kind of what he did. Um, and as usual, I left him in charge of mine. So as I'm in the water, um, there's this girl named Misty swimming um, as well. And yes, Misty is her real name. Um, I don't know what she's doing nowadays, but I guarantee her name Misty probably got some doors open for her in the uh, probably the adult film industry. I don't know. Um, so Misty was a um, let's say somewhat attractive, overdeveloped young lady who was extremely promiscuous and had fucked around uh, with almost every guy in school. She had huge breasts, and um, you know it, it was amazing because every other girl barely had training bras, and this chick had massive hammers. And um, on more than one occasion, I maybe found myself in the valley with her, um, and we were exploring each other's bodies. So that's that, right? Um, you know, most of my friends did as well. So uh, she was a very uh, she was a very giving lady or girl. Sorry. So as I'm swimming by her, she stops me, uh, kind of grabs my arm or whatever, and I look back and she passes me her bra, which she had taken off in the water. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm blown away. I'm fascinated by what's going on right now. And I'm having an even better time than I thought I was going to have because I thought we were just swimming. Now we're, you know, the boobs are out. And as I'm talking to her and I'm like, oh, you know, that was a, you know, I like that sort of thing or whatever the hell I was saying. Um, but I was looking right in her eyes and as I'm doing that, she takes her panties off and throws them at me and, you know, hits me in the chest with them. So now Misty's completely naked in the water in a stranger's pool on a school day in the middle of the afternoon. So she then, you know, swims over to me and says, well, now it's your turn. Okay. So, uh, I, you know, I look around and all right, it is what it is. Let's do this. And I guess everyone who was still in the pool wasn't really enjoying the show because they pretty much all began to bail. And as soon as I took off my underwear and throw them to Fat Stanley, um, the pool's pretty much empty except for me and Misty now. So it's just the three of us left, stands on the deck, me and Misty are in the water. And, uh, you know, we start to do a little bit of a, you know, kissy, kissy, touchy, touchy, that sort of thing back from, you know, grade eight days. And, you know, poor Stanley. You know, he's on, uh, you know, he's on the pool deck, you know, holding clothes while Misty and I are messing around in the water. And then uh, everyone's going well. And then out of nowhere, we hear this gigantic crash. And, you know, we look behind us and the crash was actually the sound of the patio door to the house being swung open in anger by the homeowner. And he starts yelling, you know, get the fuck out of my pool. And uh, you little shits, I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh, so, you know, he's threatening to kick our asses and, you know, things of that nature. So obviously we're scared as hell. And, uh, Misty and I, we get out of the pool. Misty grabs her clothes and, and, and makes a run for it. And fat fucking Stanley hopped the fence and took off with mine. So now I'm completely naked, holding my junk in my hand, trying to figure out what to do. Misty being the smart one, opened the gate and ran through the driveway to the street. I guess she wasn't scared of being naked in the street, but I was. I was buck naked. I couldn't be running into the street in broad daylight at 12.30 in the afternoon. So instead, I decided uh, to hop, not to, to hop the, the five-foot fence because, you know, it just wasn't in the cards. Uh, but instead, I wanted to hop this, like, little three-foot fence that was, you know, on the other side of the pool, which I did, no problem. So I, I hopped the fence, and I'm naked, and now I'm in this guy's neighbor yard. But I'm heading for another three-foot fence 
when from behind me, uh, I hear like this, rawr, 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 and it's, you know, this little tiny bark, you know, and I look down and there's this little like brown gray, like mess of a dog, just a disaster looking of a dog, a little tiny thing barking and he's nipping at my fucking ankles, but I can't stop because I've got to keep going because this guy's coming after me. So I get to the next fence and I'll never forget the next 30 seconds for the rest of my life. Because as I put one leg over the fence, this little fucking dog nips me on the other foot. And when I turn down and, and or turn around, I look down at him. I guess I must have shifted my weight and I started going over the fence when I didn't really want to go over the fence. And as I'm going over the fence, I feel this incredible pinch. Uh, my ball sack had gotten caught on part of the metal fence. And when I tried to lift my other leg over, then I felt the painful pull of the skin on the metal, and I actually felt my sack rip. So now I, I get over the fence. I, I'm, I'm in another backyard with no dog, thank God. And I look at my ball sack, and I see that I'm bleeding, and it's running down my left leg. Uh, I look over at the homeowner, and he's not chasing me anymore. He's just standing there staring at me. I think he knew something happened. Um... So, uh, you know, I have to keep running, though. I have to get out of the area. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, the problem was I had nowhere to go. If you, you know, I, I'm naked. Um, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Obviously, I couldn't go back to school. Um, and I remember thinking of maybe like, okay, uh, I'll just hide, you know, in some guy's garage until it's dark. And then I'll pop out and I'll run home. But there was all kinds of problems with that, including when it got dark, my mom would be home. So... I just, I didn't know what to do. So I was, I was a little lost, right? So, um, uh, I bit the bullet and I headed in the direction of my apartment. I figured that was the only thing I could do. So I could get some, at least get some new clothes and get back to school. Uh, so I kept hopping through backyards for as long as I could before I ran out of houses uh, to run through. And I actually had to make the decision to run into the street naked where I ran for about a block holding my bleeding junk in broad daylight and uh, I you know I, I finally make it to my apartment it's probably the fastest I've ever run in my life um, you know and now unfortunately I have to call the superintendent because obviously I'm naked I have no keys to get in to the actual building nor my apartment and so I buzz her and I, I say it's Jay and you, you know can you please come down and let me in so she comes down and the elevator door opens and she sees me naked and bleeding in the lobby of our building. Nevertheless, uh, she opened the door and we get back in the elevator and we're heading up. And of course, you know, she asks me, you know, what happened? Um, and of course, uh, you know, of course she did. I mean, who wouldn't, right? But um, I just kind of ignored her. I just kind of played it off like I didn't know. And I guess she knew something was really fucking wrong. I just wanted to get up as fast as possible. I just kept staring at the numbers. Uh, so I run into the bathroom, I, she opens the door, I run into the bathroom, um, I wipe most of the blood away that I can, and I remember looking at my sack and seeing the hole, but I remember thinking, okay, it's not that bad. So I threw on a clean pair of underwear, and I got dressed, and I headed back to school. Well, of course, because of all this sh that I had to go through, um, I was late for class. So um, to get back into class, the only way you can get in is with a late slip. So... By that, I had to go to the office um, and, and uh, talk to the secretary, told her why I was late, uh, just told her I lost track of time, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she gives you the late slip so I can get back into class. 
but as soon as I walk out of the secretary's uh, door, um, you know, there I, I uh, I'm, I'm moving toward the staircase to go upstairs, and I look towards the front doors of the school, and boom, there's the homeowner talking to the principal. So I quickly dashed out. I run up the stairs and I get into class and I'm trying to warn everybody that you know the pool guy is downstairs, but I can't speak because the teacher's talking. And at the same time, I can also feel uh, a pretty extensive amount of blood dripping down my leg from my ball bag, right? So I'm very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Um, so the teacher's talking and as she's talking, the door opens and sure enough, the principal uh, calls her out, gives her the signal to come out in the hallway. She's goes in the hallway. Now that's my opportunity to warn everybody in class that, um, you know, Buddy's here and, uh, you know, he he's coming after us sort of thing. And then I remember one kid, I think his name's Warren, uh, he looks over at me and he's like, oh, well, so what's he going to do? Remember everybody? So, you know, I'm like, okay, I guess he's kind of right. But uh, immediately after he said that, the door opens, our teacher walks in and she says, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase um, but she says something along the lines of, uh, you know, class, Mr. whatever the fuck the principal's name was, is here and he's going to come into the class with a guest for a minute. And then sure enough, the principal walks in with Joe fucking homeowner. And the principal says, um, uh, something along the lines of, you know, it's come to my attention that a bunch of students from this school trespassed onto this man's property at lunch today and swam in his pool. Then he asks Joe homeowner if he recognizes anybody who's in the class that could, you know, was involved. Um, so if you think about it, it probably couldn't have been that hard to point out kids who, you know, have clearly been swimming because our hair's wet, opposed to everyone else whose hair's completely dry, right? Um, so uh, Buddy starts looking around, and then he starts pointing guys out. Uh, that guy. Uh, that guy, uh, that girl, and then he gets to me, and he says in front of the entire class, and this is word for word what he said, oh yeah, and there's the kid who was naked with the little pecker, and just like that, my entire three years of junior high meant absolutely nothing, because all I would be remembered by was some stranger coming into my classroom and saying that I've got a small wiener and pointing it out to everybody. So the principal tells us all to come in the hall. Um, he drags us all down to the, the main office where you know we sat there for you know an hour or whatever until he had called all our parents and uh, sent us. They sent us home for the rest of the day, which for me personally, um, I was happy because you know getting sent home means that I could take care of my business. My nutsack felt like it was on fire and it wouldn't stop fucking bleeding. And so I went home and I washed off quickly. And then I remember I laid down till about six o'clock PM and I decided to jump in the shower because when I decided to actually start moving, there was even more blood on my leg. So I had to grab a shower because it just wasn't going to cut it, um, to, to, you know, cloth it or whatever. So, um, I know it was around six o'clock because my mom got home from work uh, between 6.15 and 6.30, Monday to Friday, like clockwork, every fucking week. And, you know, why is my mom part of this story important in her getting home sort of thing, you're asking? Well, because when I got in the shower, um, I made the mistake of soaping up my sack and I screamed. 
it, it must have been so loud. It must have been heard from miles away. I remember screaming. It hurt so much. And my mom had just walked in the house and heard me scream. And then she came to the bathroom, uh, you know, knocked on the door to see if I was okay. I got out of the shower. And, you know, at, at that point, I knew the tear was worse than I'd thought. It wouldn't stop bleeding no matter what I did. I had no choice. I had to come clean. Um, I had to tell my mom what was going on. And then she tells me, well, okay, I'm calling a cab and uh, we're going to the hospital. Mom didn't drive, so we cabbed it wherever we could or bust it. But in this instance, it was definitely a taxi. Um, so basically what was already a horrible day just got so much worse because now my mom knows that my sack is bleeding and I'm going to the hospital to show a doctor my bleeding junk as well. So things are just, it's just steamrolling, right? It's getting worse. Uh, sure enough, you know, we get checked into the hospital and wait around for a bit. I finally see the doctor. I show him the damage. He says, uh, you know, the word that nobody wants to hear when you're talking about your groin area, and that is stitches. So he goes, yep, uh, that's going to need a couple of stitches. How'd you do this anyway? I had to tell him that, you know, I was hopping a fence and uh, shit went bad. But I didn't need to tell him that I was naked trying to fight off a dog while running from an angry homeowner. So I kept that part to myself. Anyways, it took three stitches to uh, seal up the old coin purse. And uh, then we headed for home. While my mom scolded me, of course, about the entire situation, because remember, you know, when she got uh, when she got the call at work by the principal, you know, she was pissed off, I'm guessing, but her priority when she got home was my health. So once I was all fixed up, I still needed to get that lecture about being a shithead at lunch with my friends, right? So thank God there wasn't social media back in these days, because can you imagine the amount of Facebook messages and tweets and all this horseshit I would have got? I probably would have gone viral. Um, God, who knows at that point, right? Um... Uh, the only positive scenario that I took out of the situation, um, because I knew I had to go back to school the next day, was that the kids at school didn't even know my sack was torn. So they only knew what, they didn't know anything other than what they went through. It was the same shit basically, right? Well, that's what I thought. But when I got to school the next day, there I am walking up with this big, you know, confident smile because, you know, I, I didn't know any better. And then uh, I immediately, I immediately ran into these guys who just broke into extreme laughter, just going crazy. And then he go, one of my buddies goes like, "Did you have to run home naked yesterday?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that that happened. How, how did you know that?" And then he goes, "Wait, wait, wait. And was your leg bleeding? Did you did you cut your leg open?" And uh, at that point, I was like, "You know what? I'm in for a penny and for a pound." So. I just told the truth. Um, you know, it turns out some kid from my apartment building, when I ran in to call the superintendent, uh, some kid saw me run in and then went home or went to school and told everybody and I didn't even know. So like, I just admitted exactly what happened and you know, we all had a, a great big laugh uh, at, you know, at my expense. Kind of like what you guys are probably doing right now or just finished doing. And you know, like I said, thank God we graduated because trying to live down that small pecker comment was not going to be easy, um, you know, or, or, you know, running through the street naked with the torn sack, you know, that, that's not, you know, just the whole package is just awful. Um, so I, I ended up uh, graduating and I went to school in, uh, I went to high school in Scarborough, which for most of, the, of you who aren't familiar, um, it's like another school district. Um, most of the, like 95% of my classmates went to East York Collegiate, 
where I actually did eventually end up being about a year and a half after uh, I graduated because uh, I got asked to leave that Scarborough school. But that's another story for another day. Um, so I won't tell you what happened, but eventually I will tell you why I didn't graduate from Scarborough school and I was uh, asked to leave. Um, so there, yeah, something else to look forward to. But uh, yeah, so this is it. This is one of my top three most embarrassing days of my life. Um, you know, it's provided to you uh, for your listening pleasure uh, because this is the historical 25th episode of the Hostile Environment Podcast. So I hope you guys check me out on that interview that I did on the pad- podcast um, Bob's Messcast. Uh, you can find him, uh, you can find the interview on Twitter. Just go on Twitter and search at Bob's Messcast. Bob's Mess cast all one word and uh, he has the links to his show uh, pinned to his twitter profile he's also on instagram same profile uh, same header um you know we talked about my career as a correctional officer um our little podcast family that we have going on here um you know and a few other things i had a great time talking to him he's a super nice guy so check it out if you want to hear me talk to someone else for once instead of just you guys uh so we are 28 minutes in um that's gonna do it for today's show i hope you guys enjoyed the show today i hope you enjoyed hearing about my ball sack getting split open and running through the street um tune in on thursday for the first episode of season number two of the hostile environment podcast and until then i am your host jay thank you for listening and uh thank you for downloading and subscribing also uh that's a big thing and um yeah that's it um if you like what i'm doing don't remember give me a five star rating and for now i am out of here